nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing now singing To San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, joining me tonight is Royce. How are you? Doing well. And Rafa, how is the uh, busiest uh, podcasting man in San Antonio doing today? But bouncing between us and 50-50 podcasts over the weekend. Uh, trying to recover <laughs> with all the craziness. <laughs> and then the As craziness the voice, for tomorrow, too. The, the voice is, is rested and you guys are ready to go. You've got your uh, beverages of choice. Uh, so we're going to start out uh, high school playoffs um, coming down. We're at the what states uh, semis now, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll go in and kind of discuss that real quick here uh, for that here. Uh, starting out with the 4A boys, uh, Diamond Hill Jarvis 2-1 over Mineral Wells. Uh, Selena got uh, by Palestine in an upset, according to Rafa's uh, uh, predictions, three to two. Uh, Hargrave uh, got past Blandora, and in a match, I don't think it, 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 I think people saw Bernie winning, but not by how they won, which was seven to zero um, over Hildago here. So, thoughts, of Rafa, on the four A boys? I think the biggest surprise was. Uh, Bernie, well, well, two surprises. Bernie winning by that amount. I thought Hidalgo would would give him a game, even though the, I think from the last show on Wednesday they did mention about them being very young. Uh, but, you know, you're in the playoffs. You got this far. You know, you should have some experience. But I guess Bernie flexed their muscle and put seven on them. And then the shocker was on the Region 2. Uh, Palestine was pretty much the favorite to win the 4A title. Well, that's not going to happen this year. So, Salina took them down to PKs, and so they're going to they face with that Diamond Hill Jarvis team, our, our favorite one. I don't mean Coach Connell's favorite team. <laughs> uh, that's, that's got more beards than you and I, <laughs> than the three yep. of us put together on the show. Uh, moving to the 4A ladies, uh, Manolothead Heritage uh, got by Argyle 1 0. Um, uh, this is not right. Uh, oh, no, it is. Uh, Selena uh, got by Henderson 4-1 and probably their closest match in a long time. Uh, Salado got by Bay City 1-0 and Corpus Christi, Cal Allen, uh, one in a thriller over Wimberley 4-3 here. So uh, I know the big talk, at least uh, amongst us, is with Selena, and uh, they have a goal scorer that's got, what, 114 on the year, I think, you know, mm-hmm. something like that, set a, wow. a new record. Um, so very impressive and, and listening to Coach Cano of the 50-50 podcast. I guess uh, she was the uh, team's manager last year. Uh, yeah. So uh, 
that, that's a pretty step, pretty good step up to if your team manager scoring 114 goals. So uh, I know they're my favorite. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm rooting for them to go all the way here. But uh, uh, Midlothian Heritage, from my understanding, is a pretty pretty decent program. Um, you know, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how how that scoring machine will do against them. Yeah, that that should be an interesting matchup. I guess uh, the scorer from Salina. I guess you kind of, if they did a movie, it'd be like the Water Boy <laughs> coming off the bench <laughs> and getting all those sacks, but not get all the goals. Uh, but I'm sure she's going to be the target for the Heritage defense. This is going to be a t- really tough matchup. I think this is probably be their first true test. I do know that Salina Henderson game was stopped because of weather, and then they. Like I said, they just decided to end the game there. Uh, so I'm going to give the edge to Heritage on that one. I think they'll pass through. But then the other side, uh, the, that upstart, Corpus Christi Allen, nobody thought, think much thought much of them this this year. But those girls have been on fire, knocking off not only Bernie, but also knocking off Wimberley. Uh, interesting matchup with Salado. We'll see. I think that game is actually going to be played at New Braunfels Canyon tomorrow at 7. So if you're out in New Braunfels, you can check out that game. That should be a good one. But like I said, my favorite is probably going to be Heritage winning the whole thing. And the uh, lady that we were talking about is Taylor uh, Zdorsky, who scored, you know, set the new single uh, season record with 114, and she's still got games to play, uh, which broke the record of 109 goals by Fort Worth South Hills, uh, Ismi Gonzalez in 2016. Uh, for that here, so, and that was a tweet by uh, Brian Gossett at uh, uh, G O S S E T forty one here, uh, for that here. So, um, just to give the, the young lady our proper due uh, by by giving her name out, uh, uh, outstanding performance, uh, not only by her but the entire uh, 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 Selena uh, team here. I'm moving to the five A uh, ladies here. Amarillo uh, got upset by Grapevine three uh, one. Uh, Frisco Wakeland got by Highland Park in, in what you thought would be a, a, a very good match, and it looks like it was. And then um, ah, here's the one that I didn't do. Uh, Friendswood got uh, by uh, Magnolia 1-0, and Dripping Springs uh, is is uh, in there with um, a 2-0 win over Cedar Park. Uh, so thoughts on the 5A ladies? Uh, I know with Wakeland, they knocked off the number one team in the state, which is Highland Park. So it's a huge win for them. Uh, they're probably going in as a favorite, but you got four quality. Like I said, the three other teams are quality teams. Then any of them can win the state championship. Um, that Dripping Springs Friendship matchup is going to be a good one. I think that's going to be play, played, I think, in Bryan. Yeah, in Bryan. Uh, tomorrow, t- tomorrow. So I think. Uh, shout out to Dripping Springs, uh, uh, the, their booster club. Uh, said some some good, nice words to us over the podcast over the weekend. So good luck to them. And like I said, I think that Dripping Springs defense, if they can show up and do what they did against Cedar Park, I think they can get by Friendswood. And that'll be an interesting final. I think that a Wakeland Dripping Springs final will be a, a, a really good classic game. Uh, but I'm still, you know, I guess I'm leaning towards Wakeland because they just got that momentum and they have the. Like I said, just the talent itself, you know, they've been there and done that. And we would be remiss, and, and Coach Kano uh, wanted to point out the, uh, you know, state the fact that both uh, Selena's boys and girls made the state tourney. So, you know, uh, uh, hands off to them. You know, uh, lots of applause for them here. 
just out of curiosity, you know, there, there's some good soccer powers in there. Is it common to have both boys and girls make it? I'm assuming it probably doesn't happen as much as we think uh, that it should with just with the depth of talent, you know, in, in the state here. Well, that there's, there's been a few cases that we've had, you know, both the boys and the girls make the state tournament and even win the, the state championship. I think, I think Wakeland's done it. I think they've took, they swept the boys and the girls one year. Um, and they're like in, said, in it again. And yeah. yeah. And, and speaking, like I said, the boys, they're, the Wakeland boys, they're in it too. So they, they're, they're in the final four. And actually, they got a real tough matchup going up against El Paso del Valle. Uh, Wakeland cannot look past them. And then here's the interesting thing this game is going to be played at 11 o'clock in the morning tomorrow in Midland. Yeah. So both teams, yeah, both teams have five hour drives, which I'm sure they're probably up. At the hotel, they're there tonight, resting up. Um, I'm kind of concerned about playing at 11 o'clock a.m. Um, that's 10 o'clock for El Paso. Yeah, because they, and I mean, in the mountain time zone. Yeah, and I, I, and that's something I mentioned to Coach Connor. Like, I wonder if, if they didn't want the game, you know, at, at like at least one o'clock, you know, uh, our time, 12 o'clock El Paso time. I think that would have been better. Because still, you would have had enough, you know. Even after the game, it's enough time for both teams to get back home at a, at a at a decent time. I think this kind of, you know, this is a little pushing the envelope. You know, leaving, you know, traveling back and forth. Um, so, who's where's the road warrior? Actually, well, Wadovia has been the road warrior. This is a, Wakeland has not done a big trip like this, so this could affect them. I wouldn't be surprised with an upset, but I'm still leaning towards Wakeland. Um, yeah, and Coach Conklin from that uh, El Paso de Valley uh, left this afternoon. Yeah. And I hope their hotels like serve free coffee. Good lord! <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, they'll have what Monster or whatever the young kids drink. The Bang <laughs> Energy, yeah. Just pre-workout. Uh, on the, on they, the other side, Kingwood Park rolled over Hendrickson and. Uh, probably the big one that I like to focus on is Valley View over Porter. Uh, we had Nathan on for, or Nate on from the Striker Texas talking about um, just you know that that match up there and, and it and it did live up to its billing a two one thriller on that. If you want to kind of you know give a little uh, bit of love to Valley View on on making it past Porter. But well, Nate was kind of right about Porter. They actually did control the whole game. I watched the game and. Just two little defensive mistakes, and Valview took took uh, advantage of it. But I must say that goal from Porter from uh, 55 yards out, I don't know if anyone's seen that. Uh, but maybe it'll be on ESPN as well. I mean, that guy just blasted that ball. I think I think he also caught the goalie asleep, uh, pushing up a little too much, and it just went in the net. <coughs> but, but this matchup with Kingwood Park, Kingwood Park's got the tradition. This is going to be an interesting game, and actually it's going to be in our backyard. It's actually going to be tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at Ferris Stadium. So oh, if you're looking to go see – so if you want to see a good uh, region, uh, state semifinal game, this will be a good one here. Uh, I'm going to check it out, and I want to see how good Park, Kingwood Park and see, see take a good closer look at Valley View in person. So but I'm going to give the edge on that one to, to Kingwood Park. Okay. Six eight girls, uh, Flower Mound, 
took out uh, rival Marcus. Uh, the Woodlands got by Lake Ridge uh, 1-0. Uh, Houston Memorial uh, got by Cy Fair, which I think is an upset, but uh, yeah. you know, get the Memorial showing their thing. And then uh, Vandergriff uh, beat Round Rock 4-2 to uh, to advance through. And, and just, you know, I know we kind of see Region 4, but uh, Vandergriff seems like they're, they're on a roll uh, right now. Yeah, and that game against Round Rock, they were, uh, they were without one of their best defenders. The center back, the red yeah. Card. Yeah, because of the red card. But, you know, Ron Rock had actually won the series in district play. But, like you mentioned, Vandergriff's on a roll. They're very physical team, very fast. Uh, they, they'll make you pay if you make a mistake. They're very sharp at shooting the ball on the net. But that's an interesting matchup with that Houston Memorial team, which has been under the radar that really no one really has been talking about. I mean, you have other teams in that Houston area. They're probably, you know, the, the Katy teams. But so this should be a good – this will be a good matchup. I think this one's in – I think in Bryant tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Then on the flip side, you have Flower Mound. Uh, what can you say about Flower Mound? They've knocked up some quality teams. They've knocked up Prosper, who was the favorite. They just knocked off Marcus, uh, but they got another tough one with the Woodlands. Woodlands you know, squeaked by uh, Lake Ridge. So this is a third straight Dallas area team they're going to face. And this one normally could be like a state championship game in any other year. So I'm going to give the edge to Flower Mound. I think they'll advance to the final. And I think we could see a Flower Mound versus Vandergrift final. And then for the boys, Allen got uh, by El Paso Eastlake. Uh, three to two, um, and I guess kind of an upset because he's like I think was mm -hmm. the favorite. Uh, Rockwall Heath uh, won a thriller in uh, PKs uh, four uh, one one, and then four one uh, in PKs over Bridgeland. Uh, my wife's alma mater, Jersey Village, got by Tompkins. Uh, although looking at Twitter uh, and the reaction, there was some drama in that one with cards. And locally here, uh, Lee. Uh, had an extremely tough uh, match against Lake Travis, like we thought. Uh, Lake Travis scored first. Lake came back. Uh, they won it in PKs, and I guess there is some drama with uh, that match as well. So Region 3, Region 4, close um, drama, at least, you know, according to Twitter. And then, you know, like I said here, uh, you know, Allen, which uh, uh, over in Region 1 seemed like to have the, the least amount of drama out of out of the, the four matchups here. So... Thoughts on the 6A boys as we wrap up, uh, you know, the high school's uh, section of the program. Well, like I said, Allen with a big win over Eastlake. Uh, going against Rockall Heath, you know, Rockall Heath was a third-place team that nobody kind of thought they would get through this far. Interesting enough, these teams actually did face each other in the beginning of the season. We did a little research, and they actually had a 4-4 tie. Mm. So... Allen may maybe a little higher seed, but I do not count Rockwall Heath. Like I said, they're familiar with each other. This is going to be a really good game. I think this game's in in McKinney. Uh, I'm still going to give Allen the edge, but Rockwall Heath's going to go in fighting, and don't be surprised if they can also knock them off too. On the flip flip side, Region Three and Four, uh, Jersey Village beat a very good Tompkins team. Uh, I know there was some controversy with some some little with cards and this and that. I think someone complaining about the referees, uh, which 
that, that's a whole other discussion there. <laughs> um, but, you know, congrats to Jersey Village. I think this might be the first time coming into the state semifinal. Yes. And then Lee, and then Lee they, they got that monkey off their back from the PKs, <laughs> that little sour taste of their mouth uh, from a few years ago. Getting this win was key. I know there was some controversy about the, one of the sec, um, the third kick that the goalie left early. Uh, we actually analyzed. I an, actually analyzed the video. Uh, looked like he did have a set, but like I said, I looked at the position of the referee. He's got a better view than I do. But maybe there's a little karma because there was also some controversy from the Harlan Lake Travis game of a missed call that gave Lake Travis a win. So. I said maybe the soccer gods wanted to make this right. So, interest. This will be a good matchup. Lee and Jersey Village is going to be at at I think uh, they're in Georgetown. They're where they play the state championship. So that I'll be at seven o'clock. So you have a chance out there. Be safe on the road. Uh, but I think Lee will take it, and I'm going to hopefully see a Allen versus Lee matchup. Who do you pick since they're uh, the San Antonio team? Uh, who, you know, who do you, do you think Lee gets the title or? You know, uh, not to put you on the on the on the road. They have they have to really stay focused. One thing I've noticed: the defense needs to be alert. Uh, they, I think, some of the goals they gave away were cheap goals because they were not focused, or they just were just kind of messing around, you know, in the back. I think. You got to play almost perfection in these these two games in order to accomplish. But I know they're on a mission. They they want that redemption from 2019. I think Coach Rogers will get them ready to go. Uh, like I said, there's no easy teams now. You got to beat two quality teams to lift that trophy. So Roy, got, uh, got 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 some got some bad news right now. Uh, apparently, the Spurs are on a 15 and 0 run since we started the podcast. So we can't stop podcasting. So just FYI, tell everybody you know. Uh, it's, it's hard. I was going to no, the next say, uh, 20 points. So. Former, uh, former SAFC player Alex Bruce's alma mater, Katie Tompkins. <laughs> and I saw that uh, the game-tying goal by Lee was a very stoked city with a, uh, a long throw into the box that ended up in the mixer and ended up in the back of the net. So well done to them. For sure. So you, you mentioned the ref, the the refereeing. Um, in every match, you can complain about the refereeing, um, but talk to you know. And this would have been a great uh, discussion with Danielle here. But um, the referees that are selected for these games are typically the best referees of the season, or is it just you know the referees in the area? Uh, to your knowledge. Well, what I know from being at the at the coin flip when with Coach Rogers there when they were doing the coin flip with Laredo Alexander, both teams have to agree as far as what chapter to use. And, you know, usually they'll send whoever, whatever chapters um, for Tasso is selected, they usually send their experienced crew to, to, to officiate that game. My, my thing on this, and I know I might get some flack on this and pass because, like I said, I've done – I used to do officiating with Tass a long time ago before I got into coaching. You know, there is some, to me, I think, and there was a brought up to some point over some people on Twitter. I think there should be some type of accountability as far as how you officiate games. Um, I know some of the other leagues, like the pro leagues do that. I think the OIL should maybe have some, like, say on this. Uh, 
because there are some times that, you know, little monkey business here and there that they allow this and that, you know, I know not everyone's perfect and that, and that's, and that's, and that's fine. But I think there should be some accountability as far as when it comes to the efficient, especially in a, like a, some of these playoff games, you know, cause either way, you know, either way, you know, games can go either way, but there are times that I've seen, and I was, you know, it happened to me once on actually against against Lee in, in 2005, you know, that cost us a game that we could have advanced and gone to the, you know, to the regional regional semifinals. So I think maybe that's something UIO should look into. I know some will probably would agree, some will not, but that's just the way it is. But like, like I said, I think the players and the coaches are saying, you know, you just go go out there and play, you know, whatever the calls it's it's got to play happen. with it. Yeah. You just got to play with it. I mean, you know, you you heard like Barcelona whining and crying all weekend about getting PKs. Oh, come and on. there was, but there was no PKs in those games. So you just got to got to move on. Yes, coming from a Real Madrid fan talking about Barcelona, <laughs> we'll just leave that there. Uh, so, Royce, moving to SAFC, do we want to talk about the ugly or do we want to talk about the good? We talk about the encouraging. Um, I mean, obviously, giving up five goals in back-to-back games, is that's not encouraging. Uh, but at the same rate, um, the FC Dallas match was a makeshift backline. The Austin FC match was the first time our backline has actually played with each other or played together. Excuse me. Uh, that was terrible. Uh, played the together. Starting 11 against uh, Austin was Mercado, yep. uh, Deplane, uh, Schulberg, Doyle, Lidl, PC, Epps, uh, Suelo, Lima, Dylan, and Patino uh, that came through with, uh, I believe that's Epps in the picture uh, right yep. there here for that here. So. Um, <clears throat> Thoughts on, you know, like I said here, um, and we're going to get into the new players here, Gleedle and Deplain, um for it here, but, you know, kind of your thoughts on at least so far through preseason, it seems like they're running four in the back. Um, is, is that fair to say, or do you think that they're just not showing showing the cards at this point? For sure. it's I'm confident it's going to be four in the back. And, and, and like I've said earlier, I think uh, Marcin is definitely learning from uh, – uh, trying to three in the back uh, last season, uh, the limitations of which um, kind of presented themselves. And so he's going to go four in the back, like you see there in that formation. So he's going to have four in the back. Um, it's going to give more width. Um, and, and that's kind of what I think he's going for. He's going for more width, more height in the middle. So you can play through, you can dribble through because you're going to spread out defenses. But at the same time, uh, you could just go up the um, – Go up the wings and cross, um, which this 4-3-3 that we're showing here, I think that's what we're going to end up in. Um, it's going to be very much like uh, watching Liverpool. If you if you enjoy watching Liverpool, I think we're going to be very similar with the three up front, um, a real strong three midfield, and the wingers will get up a lot, um, and the center backs are there to just destroy any sort of counterattack. Um the kind of what happened with the FC Dallas match was, like I said, it was a makeshift back line. Um, you had PC as the left back, you know, 
PC's a midfielder. Everybody knows that. And the midfield kind of lacks when he's not in the midfield. Um, and then with the Austin FC match, uh, gave up another five goals. Uh, and from what I've heard reporting um, is that most of those came on our left side over there yeah, from each other yeah. again uh, with Gleedle and Epps. That's because Gleedle and Epps are the two. Uh, they're attacking. They're going to overlap. They're going to attack. And that's the first time they played to, play together. So that's going to take experience, knowing each other's tendencies, um, playing through, and I'm sure they got up too much. It was up to PC to stop stuff. One man can't do that, and that was kind of the that was the issue at the end of last season. Um, but the but the good thing um, is obviously Patino's back there, and he is hounding people because he created a goal against Austin FC, uh, taking a back pass and scoring a goal from it, which that's good. Because it shows a we're pressing and the pressing is is successful, and that's great. And two, it shows Patino's capability um, that he's out there. He's, I mean, we we don't have a lot of uh, we we don't have a lot of knowledge as far as how everything is going. We can only you know kind of take take what they give us. Um, but a. Uh, a goal off of a press or a goal off of a counter press is exactly what this Marcina system is designed to do. And if that's what it's doing against an MLS team, it's we're, we're in good shape. Um, as long as the back line um, forms well, obviously they need to play together. They got to learn each other's tendencies. Definitely not panic time. Um, two when well, we have two more weeks until the final. Uh, three weeks. We're three weeks. Yeah, because they have. Two weeks. Well, three weeks from RG. opening, but yeah, two from weeks from from the last preseason RG, RGV match, and right. then uh, um, then the following May first is there. So we're still about three weeks out from the start, and right. Um, you know, I, I know my biggest concern okay. in, is, and, and I'll toss this to you here, Rafa, is the offense. So against um, against. North Texas, they put three on the board, you know, in the very first one. Since then, you know, zero zero at home, uh, the, you know, zero goals up in Dallas. They got one, you know, against Austin, which to me that would kind of, you know, Austin offensively, you know, as much as we try to downgrade them and you know say that they're trash, offensively they're going to they're going to they're going to score some goals this year. You know that they've they've done very well on putting in the lineup. But defensively um, is where I was kind of shocked. I wasn't shocked so much by the five goals allowed. I was kind of shocked by just the one goal scored there. And I know, you know, you know, looking at the, you know, if you follow the Austin Anthem thread on there, uh, you know, you know, they were probably the best coverage to be able to uh, see see on the, um, uh, you know, you know, for that. Who reported on the game? Yeah. yeah. Um, to me, there were chances, um, and you know, you know, SAFC did take it to them for periods of time, but the finishing is—is is that something that you know we should be concerned or? No, not, not, at, not at this point in the year. Well, we were concerned about that last year. Yeah, because we weren't we weren't really finishing too. We didn't yeah. know. Very true. Well, the Sonic is going to go in two seconds. Yeah. Go buck, buck, buck wild and all that and stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, De Lorenzo and all them. You know, you got to think of it this way. It's a new set of forwards that they need to learn how to play with each other. Yep. Plus, if you look at that starting lineup, 
I mean, you only got technically, technically, you only have three starters. Well, two, well, two starters back from the 11 from last year, which is Cardoni and PC. I mean, you can count Doyle, but Doyle was only one game. Yep. And you got, you got, you got nine. You Doyle and Schobert played the same yeah, amount of minutes. Holbert, one yeah. Yeah. Holbert played one match as well. That was, uh, Schobert played the first match and Doyle yeah. played the last match. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you got 11 new, I mean, basically 10 new players or take, I guess you can say nine, uh, nine new players. Nine. Let's like, keep doing like nine, Yeah. <laughs> like, like nine new players on the pitch. And then we have our starter out, uh, one starter in, in in Deutschland right now, and having a yep. hopefully he's doing well there. Yeah. You know, so he's he he also brings one of the offense. Yep. And you know you also can see how we're missing a little bit of you know Pirano. Pirano was a big influence as far as if you saw the last year they were like two three guys on him when he had the ball. Yep. We don't have that. We don't have that guy because they don't know. Hey, well, we can match up. We don't know who, you know, we have to double team or triple team just yet. Maybe if Jose was there, that'd be a little bit different. Maybe they'll, maybe they do double team them, and then we go open more some space to score. I'm not, I'm not in panic mode right now. I think it's just, you know, you just gotta trust the process. I think eventually, like I said, we're playing MLS caliber teams. You know, they're supposed right. to beat us. You exactly. know? But they're I don't like know how the other, by the margin and. What yeah. kind of concerns me, and I know they don't matter, but these are kind of the first time where I've seen SAFC not really do any post-game coverage of it. You know, even if it's just, you know, hey, you know, who excelled here, who excelled there. That's the only thing that, to me, that – I don't want to say it rubs me the wrong way because it doesn't. And, and like I said, mm-hmm. when I'm not overreacting and I'm telling everybody, hey, you know, just calm down. It's You know, the defense is, you know, now, two weeks from now, when they play RGV, if they give up five, then then I think you kind of raise, you know, hey, you know, what's going on? Did we get the right mix of players? But right mm-hmm. now, when it, you know, with with the, you know, playing Austin FC, playing you know FC Dallas twice, you know, you know back to back, you know, because let's be honest, FC Dallas got to got to see the you know the, the take the best shot from us. You know, they had film. They knew what to expect. They went home and, and, and you know, they made a statement. And, and I think FC Dallas is going to be a playoff team, you know, in MLS this year. So losing to them 5-0, I don't really have any any big concerns. And even losing to Austin, you know, I know it kind of sucks not being able to talk shit to them. But, you know, it would have been awesome to say, hey, we, we beat you 5-1. Uh, but you also remember you played in, in your – you're playing in also your academy players too, so maybe they scored the goals exactly. when the academy's players were in. So, no, uh, they, they were down. They were down early, pretty quick. Uh, uh, I think both both FC Dallas and Austin scored within the first five minutes. So yeah, they, 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 they scored early. Goals that are getting them before they're getting settled. They scored early, and Austin was up four nothing or four to one at the half, and then they scored uh, one more in the in the second half when they had the academy, which I'm sure Austin uh, ran some kids up there as well. Um, but uh, the two things I was going to mention was, um, especially against uh, Austin, there was at least two set piece goals mm-hmm. that I remember, and that's once again that's just going to be who knows. Uh, obviously, I'm sure Austin FC has their own set piece coach 
Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if that's a thing that uh, USL teams have, um, but I know one was a PK. One was definitely a, a, a set piece, and that. And the PK came that's when not. the reserves were in, and you know exactly. Bryant was, and and that, you know saying it was on Bryant, but you know there, there were more reserves in when, when that. Right. It was it was Bryant and um, uh, Perez on the as the left. So left back. Oh, not, yeah. not too you know excusable, but. Um, we've kind of talked about the players, so let's uh, make sure we we inter- introduce them here. Uh, Nathan uh, Fagata, okay. uh, forward, uh, came on loan from uh, Cor- uh, Cordita. Uh, one goal, uh, only scored one goal. He's 21, 5'10". Seems like a project young player uh, for that here. Uh, and I know you mentioned uh, that you know he's uh, he was uh, rumored to have been signed. He's officially been signed, and, and of course it happened right after. Right after you said, you oh, wonder who was going to be coming. Yep. <laughs> and well, he's here, as evident by uh, there you go. by the by the picture. Uh, any thoughts on on him and what he'll bring? I have a lot of thoughts, but Rafa, you go first. I think he was a. I think he's an insurance policy for if Jose leaves. I, th- I think that's why they brought him in. If Jose leaves and goes stays in Germany. This is your replacement right here, and I'm I'm sure he's you could say he's playing down there in Brazil, and that their premier their first division is gonna you know he's got some experience even though he's got a goal but I mean the training's a lot different from what it is here so you know you trade in one you know young gun for another maybe maybe we'll see he said we don't know what's gonna happen but th- this this is he was brought in to be an assurance policy for Jose just in case if he does end up staying in Germany. 100%. That's exactly what I was going to say is what the, really one of the things that this formation, um, this uh, a 4-3-3 formation that we're going to be in, uh, what it really um, does is it um, isolates the your, your two forwards out wide. Um, and with Liverpool, it's the same thing. You have Mane from the left coming and dribbling in. On the right, you have Salah coming in and dribbling. And it's going to be the same thing. Uh, and it's going to depend on that dribbler coming in and wreaking havoc on the defense on whichever whichever wing they come from. Uh, and that's this formation is really designed for Gallegos. You have a lot of protection in the back. You, have, you can have Gallegos go over on the left and be isolated and just dribble in and do, what it, do whatever he wants. That's why we brought in Epps. That's why we brought in Volgacha here. Is that the, That's exactly what they are. They are very skilled, very sauce players. And uh, that's one of the, I mean, you can call that left wing the seven, which is typically the seven. Um, Epps wears 20. Um, but that's exactly what that position is, is that is the sauce position out wide. Go dribble in and make everybody look silly and go have fun, um, which I think that's Marcina went into the offseason thinking this is what we need to do. Um, this is the formation I want. Let's start getting talent that'll stack up and it'll look good. And we're going to really um, showcase Gallegos here. And lo and behold, he has a trial with Bayern Munich um, before it can even happen. But at the same rate, that's why they're bringing in these kids, these exciting wingers. Um, and don't be surprised. I mean, Leo's going to be out there too at some mm-hmm. point. And I think Leo's going to get a lot more there. time than what we think. I do too. Uh, I, I, really, I think they're really going to emphasize him this year. I really do too. Because he's 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 what seventeen about to turn eighteen, and um, mm, 
Yeah, probably around there, yeah. Next year, well, why I bring that up is um, if you don't have a German passport or if you don't have a, for, uh, a European passport or an EU passport, you have to wait till you're 18 to actually go over Germany um, and go play and get your work permit. So this is now this is the season to showcase him in case he's going to get sold overseas um, in order to get a, a work permit to do so. So the next player is the one that I'm super excited about, Sam Gleedle, uh Defender, midfielder, um, I think he's going to fill the role of, what was it, Ben Smith last year? Um, Blake. Blake Smith. Or, or Blake Smith, pardon me. Uh, Blake Smith, uh, he's 25, uh, you know, 5'10". 2017, he was with Albuquerque Soul, scored six goals with 2018 to 2020 uh, with Reno, 1868, RIP. Uh, 43 appearances, seven goals. And last year, he got uh, signed by Minnesota United. Uh, made it past their first cut, um, but it was released this spring kind of unexpectedly uh, for that here. So... He's one of those guys that I think that um, probably should be playing above um, at, at MLS, you know, maybe kind of that fringe MLS talent. So him kind of getting that taste of it, you know, last year during the playoffs, um, it's got to make him hungry to where, you know, he, he's going to have a big chip on his shoulder. And uh, to me, he was a missing part of the defense that we didn't have at this point. Um, Rafa, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on Mr. Sam Gleedel? Uh, this is a good pickup. Like I said, he's look at the stuff he did there at, at Reno. I mean, he was a good quality defender, also midfield. So, like I said, you're just you're building your bench for that long haul, especially that that brutal October. Mm-hmm. Seven, <laughs> like seven games, yeah. seven matches. Sure. You know, a couple of those back to back, those back to back game weeks. You know, uh, so good, good. Like I said, just just a good pickup. And he'll be a good guy there to there have there also in the in the locker room to kind of mentor some of the maybe some of the younger players too. But you can see like a lot of our defenders have MLS experience, mm-hmm. which is it's just going to be exactly. great, you know. Exactly. And it's going to help us, and it's going to help us in the long run. Yeah, an interesting uh, um, an interesting thing that this brings up. Um, I can worry about it uh, from. Uh, from from that standpoint of a tactical standpoint, with uh, Gleedle being uh, 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 typically a, a left back, but can also be a, a midfielder, is you can have a, a similar. Um, he could play a similar game as uh, is it Rodrigo uh, with uh, Man City, uh, and it's the same thing that um, Burhalter was going to play Tyler Adams at, but on the right side is uh, a left back or a right back that can go help out in the midfield when a midfielder goes out uh, and helps out mm-hmm. in the attack. So Gleedo can come in if PC, you know, PC and Gleedo can switch. So you, you have a lot of solid players that can switch all over the place. So uh, this, this triangle right here could, you know, you're yeah. saying you could see a lot of fluctuation because originally early in camp, we thought Epps might be the one, you know, back here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and what you can have is you can have Epps come up, uh, and then you can have Gleedle go and um, overlap, and then you have PC slot in as left back, and then Lindley or Lima, whoever is in that right-sided defensive midfield, will come in slot as a six. So, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities there and a lot of interesting things to look for, interesting folds. And what those experienced players do, um, what the, what these 
you know, MLS experienced players do, they can add a lot of variation onto, um, onto the formation. And whenever you start switching positions like that, uh, typically you're marking one person. Well, you can get pulled out of your position, and that just leaves holes all over the place, which that'll be exciting to see. We'll, we'll see what Marcina does with that. That's a, that's a very exciting lineup. Then the last new addition is uh, Mateo uh, Deplain, who's a right back, uh, 29, uh, six foot, uh, played in what, Serie A? If, 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 uh, no, League One. No, no League, League One. League One. League One. Um, with Montpellier, uh, he had 113 appearances uh, with the senior team, 64 appearances with the, their their second team. Uh, it's 2017 to 2019, he went to their, uh, from my understanding, their uh, one of their rivals, uh, Troyes AC, had another 35 appearances, and the last two years has been with FC Cincinnati. Uh, he's got you know 48 appearances, but uh, he's had 10 goals over his career. Um, in speaking with, you know, uh, Cincinnati soccer talk, um, he's, he's not a speeder, a speed demon. So I don't know if we're going to see him attacking as much, um, just as far as speed wise, but you know, he's a very, you know, he's a very good passer and able to connect. He's a, he's a smart player, um, you know, along those lines here. So I'm kind of interested to see how he fits um, in on our, you know, in with it here. And then, you know, if, if Maloney's healthy, uh, who would typically get the start? Um, you know, will it be uh, DePlane or, or, or possibly, uh, I think it's Maloney, right? Right. Yeah. Connor Maloney. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maloney uh, for right here. So, pardon me? Or even Ethan Bryant. What, so what DePlane uh, really adds, Obviously, some great experience, um, a guy a lot of these kids can learn from. Um, uh, one of the kids that can really learn a lot from him is Ethan Bryant, who's yes. trying to uh, fill in as a right back. That is invaluable experience. I hope he's asking as many questions as he can. Um, but a, a big fold, um, kind of an underrated thing that the plane really adds is, I mean, he's six foot. He's a right back. He could be a right a right-sided center back, and we can go back to a back three if we wanted to change the formation. We can go back to the uh, the the three-five-two or the five-three-two that we did last season easily. Uh, you could just you know sub in somebody. You can bring him as a part of the three with uh, Holberg and the Doyle, and then I mean Gleedle as the left wing back. You can have uh, either Ethan or Maloney as the uh, the other wing back and go do what we did last season and kind of dominate that way. So hit that is a huge signing because of his experience and how uh, versatile he can be for sure. And you know what stuck out to me and how I knew it was kind of a big signing is, you know, not that uh, transfer market uh, uh, .us is. Transfermarkt. Pardon me? Transfermarkt. Transfermarkt. Um, <laughs> is like. Didn't even know I had a market. That's uh, <laughs> what I've always associated with. Um, had his value originally at seven hundred seventy thousand, and even now it's at five hundred fifty thousand. Which, you know, typically for most USL, even good USL, it's around that five fifty. You know, four hundred. Very rarely do you see somebody you know close. You know, that seven seventy range uh, for that here. So, uh, to me, I was kind of happy to see that, and, and I know Royce. Uh, uh, 
you know, pointed it out that uh, Jose got got a nice little bump uh, yeah. as well as far as value. His value market value doubled. Doubled. Uh, you know, with you know, you know, no no telling with that here, but to me, I'm interested to. You know, I'm excited to see what the back line is because I think you know we have our starters, and I think you're starting to see some depth now as well. Uh, that that's starting starting to build. Um, I think the roster's still at 21. No, 20, 20, because I was joking that Gordino's return was going to be 21 to the roster. So our roster's at 20. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think we get we pick up another goalkeeper? We add a third one? Like I said, I think it's uh, it's definitely going to be a, um, a, a signing of opportunity. Um, we'll, have a, we'll have a backup, uh, but where's that going to come from? Um, I think they roll with Mercado. If if well, I think they the roll just the two, it, the unless they get that you know, you know, MLS fringe loan player, uh, you know, down that. But I think they're going to want a commitment. You know, if if they're going to bring them down, and I know St. Clair got called up due to COVID and injuries and and all. You know, you don't expect three starting goalkeeper, three goalkeepers to go down, especially in a shortened season. Um, you know, hopefully no team has to deal with that again. But I think if you do get one, it's going to be a young keeper, MLS. Um, but Matt's kind of in his prime, though. If to, to me, he's at he's what in his late twenties now. Uh, you know, for that here, you know, for for Matt to where sounds right. He's not a he's not a young he's not a young goalie anymore. Um, so you know, to me, if you're going to see Matt stick around, he's got to be your starter. Um, you know, you know, for that, you know, for that here, because you know he's done his time, he's earned it. He's he, he's a proven goaltender. I think if you bring in another goaltender, not saying Matt will cause any issues or anything like that, because I don't believe that's in his personality. But I don't believe if if they bring in another goaltender that, you know, and this is just me saying this here. I don't know if SAFC, you know, outside of that, he's from, you know, from San Antonio, you could say that he's really committed to him. Cause I think, you know, at his age, especially for USL, this is when he needs to be playing uh, for that here, you know, before he takes that next, you know, next step, whether it's, you know, MLS overseas or, you know, you know, you know, not non-soccer. Agreed. Uh, one thing I was going to bring up is uh, I think SAFC may be waiting until, um, Lee's um, playoff run ends, and maybe they announce um, the goalkeeper for Lee, who I know is he like the number one ranked. I mean, he has some SAFC experience already. Maybe they bring him in as the uh, third string to get him some experience. I just don't see it, though. I, I think I think the videos that they show, I think they like Mercado. I, I I think they see... Oh, they do. They do for sure. That's absolutely correct. They, they see well, the potential in him. I've seen him play firsthand when he played against. Uh, it was a game at UIW versus Trinity. I mean, he was very vocal. He was very organized. You know, you know, he did. He made some great saves. You know, he had bad a bad defense, but he made some excellent saves. So I think eventually, I think you're already grooming him to be your next next goal, you know, goalkeeper. And I have a feeling that he'll probably start a couple games, maybe some. Some teams that maybe like later on they're not are not doing well. You probably see him go up against against them. You know they'll they'll give him the start to see what he does. 
Um, as far as the, le the league goalkeeper, I'm not sure if he's ready yet. I know he's a great keeper, but I don't know if he's going more towards the college route than the, the pro route. Right, but you could bring him in just for camp. He's an academy. In the third, yeah. the, he'd be an academy, you know, because I doubt he signs uh, through there. But I think he would be the third goalkeeper, the emergency goalkeeper that you have that's getting the reps in practice, you know, learning from Matt, mm -hmm. learning from uh, Mercado, uh, you know, just kind of building that experience, you know, along there. Yeah, if, if he's playing, then, you know, they're probably bringing in somebody else the next week. You know, I hate to say that just, you know, you're not going to go with the high school goal, goalkeeper, you know, in, in USL championship. Um, and that's not to, to dismiss the late goalkeeper. Just, you know, you want somebody that's a little bit more proven for uh, yeah. that here. Um, so rosters at 20, you figure they're going to probably bring in what another two, three <clears throat> players, uh, you know, that are probably more senior. And then, you know, they'll fill in the rest of the team with, with Academy. What you know, I think I think uh, it was Rafa, it may have been Royce, but I think it was Rafa that mentioned that forwards might be one where you want to bring in maybe another one or two, just you know, kind of in that rotation. Especially last year, they cycled what you know, you had Solinac that was in there pretty much for the full 90, and then the other two cycled in, you know, uh, uh, for that here. So, you know, do you see them bringing in more forwards or more midfielders or? Um, do we still need a, another piece on the defense? I think we need another piece on the defense, especially especially the cent the another central defend defender, just in case Axel or Doyle maybe go down, or but or someone that alone. can play. You but, got you got a or, uh, or you bring it or you bring in wow. a defender that can Kamiri. play anywhere. Yeah, you're thinking I mean, Kamiri. The Tunisian yeah. international, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean you have some depth there, but uh, defensive depth is always is always needed, absolutely. Um, but like I said earlier, and this is what I said, was that SAFC wants some higher level players, so they're going to wait until MLS makes their cuts until they can find. But some that's this week, alone, and that's what they're going to go after, and that's exactly what they've gone after getting Kamiri getting Gleedle, that's what they're going after. They're going after that. Um, in baseball, there's a saying, the the quadruple-A player, the player that's too good for AAA, fringe MLB player, that's where mm. that second division wants, and that's what SAFC is looking for. Um, we'll, we'll, see what, we'll see what signings they have. They have what they want, 25, so it's five more slots up for grabs. But I do think because with Jose, they only got, you know, with Jose, they only have four forwards. So I do think that that's going to be one that they're going to they're going to bring in Absolutely. Uh, uh, for that here. And, and that may be where uh, number 88 comes in, uh, Mr. Headband uh, for that here. Oh, 88. Uh, that's four headbands, 88. That's fun. He, he still hasn't uh, been signed. You think that'll come through or? Or that that's still on the ropes there. I don't know. I I, I mean, he's a good uh, as far as experience, uh, utility player. You know, you but can will put him he be the happy on the bench front. though? Is the question. I mean, if he's willing to sacrifice, you know, unless he doesn't have any other offers elsewhere, you know, is if he didn't have any 
He would have never come here if he hadn't have any other offers. Yeah. He um, was out all last season, so I mean Well he had a chance really to starting COVID and I, I I understand one hundred percent why he why he wasn't around, but at the same rate, I'm just saying he didn't play all last season, so I don't think he, and he didn't do too USL well the year before where he, he went like from us down to Miami FC either. He didn't he didn't light it up down there either. Yeah, exactly. So if it's me personally, as much as as much as I like the guy, I would rather get somebody, you know, somebody young, you know, like you know, like a Bruce type player that's you know that that's got that potential that's that hunger um and i know we already kind of have one of those on on the roster with ollie Wright. you know uh, you know i know we keep kind of uh glossing over him but you know with you know leo torres ollie Wright, they do have some young players that i think can step in and fill that role um now they're listed as midfielders but i i, I still think you know for forwards and, and like i said here it's I think this next week, maybe next week will be kind of a key because, you know, MLS starts this week. Um, so, you know, rosters have to be finalized. I think this, well, they have to be finalized this, this week because, uh, you know, Beckham, Miami United, Fort Lauderdale is not in uh, roster compliance um, as we speak uh, due to too, too many DPs uh, for that here. They'll get away with it. It's back. I mean, Yes, that's whatever they gave Beckham the franchise for free. I mean, no, twenty-five million for that. Thing. For free, <laughs> for free. I mean, he could do whatever the heck he wants to. Everybody knows that. Garber's not going to tell him anything. Well, Garber makes up the rules. You know that. No, I mean that's exactly it. That's the thing about MLS is it's MLS so don't. Be the uh, the in the NIL the no integrity league. So uh, there is none. Just so, any final thoughts that you guys have? Uh, I know that kind of covers what we have here. Um, next week, uh, we'll have the results of the playoffs, uh, so we'll be able to talk hopefully. Lee Championship, Burning Championship. Um, I don't think there were any ladies' teams, uh, in the San Antonio area. Dripping Springs is kind of in the area, um, so wish them luck. Yeah, but um, still, they, they gave us some credit, so you know we'll give them Corpus. some love. Fair. Uh, you yeah, know. Corpus is San Antonio Junior. Corpus, Corpus works. Um, the Valley View, I guess. There's no <laughs> SAFC match, uh, you know, this coming up week, or at least nothing that's scheduled. Um, so SAFC may be very light, you know, if we, you know, if we have that. So Royce might uh, uh, get, you know, get the. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the rest this week uh, before he uh, starts uh, weekly going forward, uh, you know, with his uh, whiteboard or uh, picture board now that I think we're going to adjust that. And Rafa's time's coming to an end of being the showcase after this week, and then he'll get some rest. Uh, two weeks from now, we got RGV, uh, which, you know, matters but doesn't matter uh, for that here. So to me, that'll be kind of a you know, the last tune-up, and, and I think it'll be interesting to see how both teams do. Uh, just you know, because there's a lot of changes as as we discussed with both sides here. Um, we'll, we'll see if uh, RGVFC uh, has a a very exciting signing that they may uh, pull off. Apparently, Demarcus Beasley's looking. Uh, to get no, well, they saw that, but I don't know if you saw Indy Eleven also kind of piped uh, in, and he's <laughs> from Indy Eleven. So if 
Oh, uh, he is from Indianapolis, isn't he? I didn't think about yeah, that. And yeah, he's, well, he's starting, to, he's starting a USL team in, what, Fort Wayne, I believe? Uh, yeah, uh, he's uh, from there. Yeah. So he's if he's going to play, no offense, Edson and, and you know, the Stampede and, and uh, Mr. Patel down, uh, down in RGV, he is one Dynamo player that I don't see going to play Dynamo Light. You know, even though you're not Daddy Dynamo now, you seem to be Daddy Light where you keep bringing in Dynamo players uh, for that here. But uh, that, that'll be interesting. So, but it'll be good. Um, isn't, isn't, isn't the Valley where all the retirees go anyways? <laughs> That's know. Florida. That's Florida where all the retirees go. Oh, or one or both, or winter Texans or whatever. <laughs> I don't know who who goes. Yeah, that's that's why that's why Matsuidi ended up in Florida. He's on his way to retirement. So he played like it last season, at least. I mean, if they're gonna go, sign Beasley, maybe if they're yeah. gonna sign Beasley. We should just play, we should just sign the Paula Aguilar from the play defense <laughs> with America. Might as well. <laughs> Where where's uh, Zorab Tiskaritse? Where's uh, yeah. where's Hans Dennison? There we go. That'd be a solid sign. <laughs> Public, public, hey, we need a four. We need Pablo Campos. Or, Dude, I love Campos. Pablo Campos. Let's get Hans Dennison as a winger. Do it. Dude, Pablo is the man until the playoffs. Speaking of uh, the, uh, speaking of retired players, interesting uh, twist that I realized for just randomly. Um, everybody's super excited about what uh, Daryl DK is doing at Barnsley, which what eight goals in fourteen matches, which is insane. Well, here's a nice connection to uh, San Antonio. His older brother, uh, Bright DK, uh, played for San Antonio Scorpions in 2015. Nice. Interesting fold. So uh, everyone in San Antonio. The Scorpions were still around. There was a chance we might have had uh, the younger brother. Uh, mm, <laughs> mm. I mean, it was on a loan, and it was only for one season. But, I mean, they're – was They're it for one of their the good seasons and... or bad seasons? Because was it in an even year or not? Year? Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, 2015 was bad and it was their last. <laughs> that was the uh, Alamarcina Airport season. <sighs> yeah. The, the one good thing from you know the SAFC, you see more consistency between the rosters. Where if the Scorpions, the odd years, it was, oh my God, you know, this is horrible. <laughs> the even years, it was like, hey, we, we came yeah. together. And, you know, like I said, it, we're going to make the playoffs. You know, hell, we even won it in 2014. But yeah. uh, uh, those were the good old years. Or, or bring on some guy from Serbia, who the hell we don't even know from. <laughs> or, Z? Or, yeah, Zorak. Yeah, then they had like four of them. They had some four guys from Eastern Europe. Yeah, they were good, though. I mean – Eric Hosley was was European. He's he's French. That's one of my favorite players, just because he no nonsense player there. And they then keep, like it I was said, him that kicked the ball out of the stadium, Hosley. right? Do what? It was him that got a red card and then kicked or a yellow? It was either a yellow card or a red card, and then he kicked the ball out of the completely out of the stadium. Oh, no, that, that, that was that was Hosley for sure. No, that was <laughs> and that was very very. Very Hosley thing to do. <laughs> so, but I mean, he cleared the stadium with ease. Yeah. It was that yeah. ball was gone, and, and it probably landed in the middle of Morgan's Wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, any final thoughts that you got there, Rafa? Uh, just for I guess, good luck to all our the area teams that we have left. 
Hopefully you guys do advance to the finals on Saturday, which I wish the UIL stopped being a bunch of cheapskates and start <laughs> stop charging 20 bucks a game or at least have a nice pass for what? 25 bucks. 20 yes, bucks they're charging 20, 20 bucks a game, yeah. And clearing the stadium out. And clearing the yeah. Uh, so you got to spend 120 bucks to watch all six games. Yeah, good showing you, IL. Kudos. Yeah, yay for yay for the kids. Um, so any anyone that's live streaming a pirate on YouTube or that, send us the link so we can watch the games. Um, but I'm looking forward for that. Like I said, good luck to all the teams, and then um, uh, probably be checking out that game tomorrow night. They're at Ferris Stadium. That should be a really good one. I guess you see a Houston area team versus a Valley team. Um, and then some upcoming Champions League, too. We get some Champions League this week. Should be interesting who gets knocked out before the before the, get to the, before going on to the semifinals. Your final thoughts, Royce? I mean, we'll just keep it sports-related. Um, I don't know how many times I've had to say this to Harry, but just going over to just all of the SAFC fan base in general, we're okay. We're in a good spot. It's preseason, not no time to panic. Everything's this is an exciting team. The results may not have been great, but this is an exciting team. And on that first match against Colorado Springs, I think everyone's going to be pleasantly surprised at uh, at how this team plays and 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 kind of the results that they're going to get at least early in the season. Obviously, we got at least five more new signings coming up soon. Um, a very coded message, but I think we'll get a jersey reveal and maybe even an open practice uh, to season ticket members. So exciting times for SAFC, and just be excited, and I cannot wait for May 1st. So my final thought is going to be – I was trying to find it here um, – High school is coming up. Their high school is is uh, finishing, um, but right after high school is going to be uh, UWS with uh, San Antonio Athenians. Um, they're going to kick off uh, May fifteenth um, against uh, you know uh, FC Austin uh, at Soccer Central uh, for that here. That's a, a seven thirty game uh, kickoff there, and then the WPSL. Uh, the Blossoms kick off at, on May 30th, and the Surf kick off on June 4th. Then, so, well, you know, high school's kind of you know slowing down. Uh, the ladies, the WPSL, the UWS uh, is going to be picking up uh, starting in May as well, and you know May June time frame here. So, uh, we will do our best uh, to kind of keep everybody aware of what's going on with the ladies, you know, with the women's soccer, just to kind of help that also grow and promote. Uh, for that here with the San Antonio Athenians, uh, San Antonio Surf. And uh, I would love to have the Blossoms on just because we've never been able to talk or hear or even know that they exist outside of a little bit of social media. So to me, it would be awesome. But uh, so if you can go out, you know, May, June time frame, because it's a quick season. It's over by the end of end of June uh, for that here. So if you can kind of support them, um, you know, on the men's side here, um Still trying to get seeing what the UPSL, you know, NSL is going to look like here, uh, you know, in this area. So, 
Um, as we know, there's lots of drama, turnover, and all around funniness that goes on with that. But uh, we will uh, try to keep up with it, uh, let you know uh, what's going on with it. And then, of course, uh, Rafa will make sure that uh, we're well equipped with the high school knowledge that comes with that here. So that's my final thoughts is soccer's finally back, um, you know, and it's going to be back in a big way uh, starting in May, you know, May 1st, three weeks until – uh, most likely you're going to, you know, wake up from the, you know, lack of soccer coma and find that it's all over town, um, you know, on the uh, pro-am side of it and, and, you know, still be smart, wear masks, wash hands, all that normal stuff here. Uh, but uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, like I said, here, hopefully have everybody has a great week. Uh, next week will probably be a short show, mainly, mainly just high school, unless there's uh, some earth shattering SAFC news uh, that drops later on this week here. So, uh, what's life without goals? I hope everybody has a great week. Yep. Yeah.